welcome to NCBI Labs. So you're very welcome to this week's live event from the labs team here at NCBI. Jude Marr here with you for the next hour or so, along with JP Corcoran and Sean Dorn. Daniel Dunn is otherwise engaged for the next few live events, but we're going to have him back with us as soon as we possibly can. Can you believe it? We're actually on our 50th live event today, which is amazing. When you look back at all of the content that we've been able to cover throughout the last 18 months, it's incredible that now we're on live event number 50. And we wanted to let you know about a, a live event special to tie in with that. Now, normally we're on every two weeks at the moment, but we've decided to have a live event special next week. So you might want to take note of that. We'll be back for a live event special next Tuesday, 3rd of August. Well, what have we got lined up for you today? Well, one of the pieces that we've been asked about it a number of times is the Apple Watch. Just how good is the Apple Watch and how accessible is it? What are the standout features that you might actually want to use day to day? Well, Joe McPhillips will be with us shortly to tell us about that. Later on the show, we're going to have a piece that we haven't done in a little while, actually. We're going to be talking uh, to one of our service users in our latest Seeing It Your Way interview. This time, Brendan Ward is going to be talking to us about his experience of how technology has helped him to deal with some of the effects of sight loss. So we look forward to hearing from Brendan a little bit later in the show. And as well as that, we'll, we'll have our tech help a little bit later on as well. Of course, throughout the show, don't forget that we want to hear from you as well. So if there are any questions you'd like answered or technology you'd like us to cover or any questions throughout our show today as well, you can contact us using the Q&A panel on the right hand side of Teams or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie. But to start us off this week, uh, we're going to talk through a couple of pieces of tech news. JP, I believe there's, uh, that there's a new voice for Alexa and even a, an extra wake word as well. Uh, there is indeed, Jude. So Alexa is finally getting a masculine sending voice option. Shaq and a new wake word called Ziggy. So yeah, so many people will consider this a, a long overdue addition uh, for Amazon's voice assistant uh, from the point of view of, of, of gender balance. So we're all used to shouting at uh, Alexa on our uh, Echo yeah. uh, smart speakers. Uh, so the new voice, as I mentioned, is called Shaq, S-H-A-Q, and it's based on the very well-known basketballer Shaquille O'Neal. Now, unfortunately, yeah. it's actually not available in Ireland yet. I tried it on my Amazon Echo this morning and, and last night, uh, not available yet. But when it is available in Ireland, there's going to be two ways that we can change Alexa's voice. The first way is very straightforward, just yeah. to ask Alexa. So we'll be able to switch between two Alexa voice options, the original uh, feminine sounding and the new masculine sounding one by simply asking Alexa to change your voice. Simple as that. Um, the next option then is to change it in the Alexa app settings, which are to do as, to do as follows. We go to devices. So we open up the Alexa app, go to the devices. We select all devices and then we select the device uh, that we want um, and then we select settings and under general we select Alexa's voice and, and we can select the voice we want from the list. So the original as I mentioned is the feminine sounding and the classic voice and the new one is the masculine sounding voice that's just been released uh, elsewhere and hopefully will be released in Ireland over, over the next week or two. Um, now as I mentioned a moment ago there's also a new wake word that I've been introduced to it's Ziggy so Z-I-G-G-Y. How we can change Alexa's, uh, the, the wake word from Alexa to uh, uh, Ziggy. Two ways we could do this too. 
So first is just to ask Alexa. So we can simply ask Alexa to change your wake word. And we go with uh, Ziggy uh, when it comes up uh, on, the, on the option list. Uh, again, you'll have to do this on each of the Amazon Echo devices in your home. Uh, and the next option then is to change the Alexa, uh, Alexa change the wake word through the app settings themselves. Um, so we can we can go into devices and then we can select uh, device settings under general. We can select the wake word. We select uh, Ziggy um, from, the, from the list. And there are uh, other options there. Some people will be familiar with them. So we have Alexa, Computer, Echo and Amazon wake words that are available that have been made available in the last few years. And Ziggy is just the latest one. So it's so handy to, to note they're not kind of uh, directly linked then in a way the wake word isn't yeah so you're not getting kind of ziggy for the male voice and alexa yeah, for the female yeah, not, voice. Not directly, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um so Interesting. I, i'd find it, it could be used for someone perhaps who has multiple uh echo echo devices and they maybe want yeah. one called uh alexa another ziggy so they can use different wake words depending on, on which device they want activated yeah, I was thinking there for a minute. If you if you talk to Ziggy and the male voice comes out, and talk to Alexa and the female voice comes out, it would seem a bit like multiple <laughs> personality disorder or something that going on. But, it's uh, a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good yeah. to know that that's not great. Thanks for that, uh, JP. Good to, to hear that uh, extra bit of news with Alexa. And uh, a little bit closer to home, the digital COVID certificate system has been introduced in Ireland after a, a bit of a delay to start to implement it. A lot of people would be interested in how workable that is. Sean, can you tell us a little bit about that? I haven't got my cert yet myself, so I haven't checked, but I've heard from other people that the, the PDF has been sent to their email address. The information is all there. There's only, only one slight hiccup because it's an automated PDF that the logo at the top isn't labeled correctly and the QR code itself isn't labeled. So when you're going through with a screen reader, you're getting all the details. And then when it comes to the logo, it's an unlabeled graphic. When you come to the QR code, it's an unlabeled graphic. And um, some some people, I believe, are laminating them and bringing them with them in case they ever go to an airport. And then the COVID tracker app is going to be introducing a, a feature where there's going to be um, a scanner. So you can take a photograph of your QR code, it'll save it into your COVID tracker app. And if you're ever at the airport and the need to get your your QR code for your for your cert, it's easy to get to it through that. Now I haven't tried it on, on that app yet, so I don't know how accessible it is to take the photo, um, but I'll be interested to try. Yeah, very good. So handy to know that at least the, the majority of it is is accessible, but just you mentioned there the QR code and the, the images that are on it aren't labeled. There aren't labels. When, when you when just when you're going through it with a screen reader, when you get or when you get the um, QR code sent by email, uh, the PDF, you know, it's reading all the information, and then they're just the two unlabeled graphics: is the logo for the HSE and then the QR code itself. Very good. So that's a, a useful bit of uh, tech news as well this week. Just giving you a bit of an update. It's obviously been the, um, these certs are. Uh, coming out since last week, but it's handy to just get a, a bit of a sense of how accessible and inclusive they are as well. So thanks very much, JP and Sean. And uh, we're going to move ahead with our show now today, and it's time to talk about the Apple Watch. And Joe McPhillips is joining us to talk about that. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hi, Judith. Hello, all. Good to have you with us again. No problem. Nice to be here. And uh, the weather is not so bad, so touch wood, keep yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, we nearly we were nearly celebrating with a little bit of cool weather actually <laughs> at one point there. Yeah, great. 
Man, now we were kind of thinking for this piece, Joe, that uh, maybe it would be a good idea to get a real world experience of one of our listeners to to tell us about their experience using the Apple Watch without kind of glamming it up too much. Give us the real lowdown on how it works. But I suspect, Joe, that given your support of everything Apple, we're probably not going to hear too much in the way of criticism today. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, yeah, I yeah, uh, I can't say much. Everyone that knows me, even my new nickname is Apple Joe, so <laughs> that's um, that's 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 not coming to light lately. But uh, no, I got into my technology, as you know, Judith, along uh, quite a long time ago when I went blind, and I just found Apple's accessibility very good for someone with low vision or complete sight loss, and then I moved into the area of the watch. And um, this is my second watch, actually. I had an Apple 4 watch, and I upgraded it to the Apple 6, simply yeah. because there was extra health um, benefits from it. Yeah. And I, I've been delighted with it ever since. Brilliant. Yeah, very good. So maybe just kind of pair it all back and just tell us, what, what is actually the, the Apple Watch? What does it do? Well, the Apple Watch is a device that you can synchronize with all the rest of your Apple products. It can work independently as well. Uh, there's two different sizes. There's a 38 millimeter and a 44. Um, it's, it uses the same gestures as you would, uh, well, maybe 95, 99% of the gestures you would use on your Apple iPhone. Uh, I found this very easy to install and join my own Apple iPhone or the yep. settings should I say that was on that and it was very clear very basic and then from there it tells the time it does alarms and then it it, it has an integrated pedometer uh, it'll do your calories workouts um, it, it has yeah. health benefits personally I think yeah. it does and that's pairing it back to the basic basics, but it, it would nearly have everything your Apple phone can do and a little more. Brilliant. Well, that's that already sounds like it's uh, sounds something fairly, uh, fairly uh, important and impactful as well. So maybe just kind of give us a bit of an idea then. You talked about it being useful for things like health and fitness then. What, yes. what do you mean by that? How useful is it? Yeah. So uh, over the lockdown and stuff and things, uh, I'm a big lad, I'm a big unit, and I just decided to get more, get back into exercise and see what I was doing. And I didn't really like uh, going outside. Well, you weren't allowed to go outside anyway, but I have a small, uh, what do I have? A cross trainer out the back in the in the shed out the back, and I was using it on that. But that had all the screens and bits and bobs that you, you work out your heart rate and your pulses and calories you're burning and, and et cetera, et cetera. But none of it talked to me and none of it could be synchronized to my, say, the iPad or the phone. Just It just was independent of its own structure, totally relying on people with sight. And yeah. I didn't want to be annoying my partner or, or Jacob, uh, my son. I like the independence. So with the watch then, I found out that but when I have that on my wrist, It'll ask you like what wrist to put on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Put it on the wrist, and then you can set your calorie goals for a week, or your, you know, and you can go through your calorie goals, your distance, what you've burnt, 
And it's a great feeling of you're not just exercising, but you're getting the information and the results at, at your own level. You're not yeah. um, uh, relying on other outside factors for someone to look or read or print out. And you can track it. And then you, I, I've managed to get going outside as well. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very handy partner to maybe having a bit more of a healthy lifestyle. And then when you get into it, you know, you can go see how many calories you can burn against your partner. Or as a few of us, one or two lads we know, and we're trying to run and, or not run, but do the cross trainer and see who can burn or go the fastest. And ah, it's a bit yeah, of hard yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were saying a minute ago that you you um, upgraded from the four to the six at one point. Was there any kind of additional uh, health features with yeah. the, the Apple 6? The yeah, Apple Watch the big, 6? The big, the big difference, I wasn't going to upgrade. I was quite happy with the four. It was doing its job. But yeah. um, the the one big thing, I'm, I'm actually asthmatic uh, as well. And uh, the, this uh, with the six, there was a blood oxygen level reader um, built into it as well, and because uh, I had a pulsometer, and you know it was hard enough to get that to work and talk through the phone uh, with the app. The app wasn't really accessible, and when you're in trouble with asthma and your blood oxygen level is dropping or low, you can get quite paranoid and get quite stuck together. But with having the watch on my hand, it's very easy. It's consistently tracking your blood oxygen uh, you can set alarms for it to uh, activate if it, if it goes below a certain percentage but you just tap on it and you set it and you you activate it and it takes 15 seconds and it'll come back with your uh, with an accurate blood oxygen level straight away and you can monitor that and you know you can sleep monitor or you leave the watch on all night and oh, there's yeah. several things you can do with it and it's just peace of mind really uh, Jude. Yeah yeah so for a lot of these, um, a lot of these devices, a lot of these smartwatches and things like that, there's obviously the kind of connection with your your phone as well. They can they can work very well together. They can work independently. But to what point does the Apple Watch work independent of your phone? Um, how far does it go with that? Uh, it can work very independently. If uh, you would need it within range. If you wanted to make phone calls on it now, you know, straight yeah. up, I, I, you could have your phone upstairs and just your watch on your downstairs, say, or within about 20 meters, it'll work fairly well. Uh, it'll receive calls if you're around, or if you didn't want people to see your phone in your pocket or whatever, it'll ring you, uh, you can answer your phone, but then your, your call would be audible. But yeah. after, after that, you know, you get your notifications, Etc. Etc. But if you're out walking, exercising, your heart rate, your ECG, all that's independent of the phone. So you can leave your phone at home. You're out. You're going. You, you, you can you can get your, uh, your Google Maps. You can do your walking directions. It's all independent. It's it's you know it's, it's it has its kind of whatever the satellite connection. I don't I don't or GPS or its own independent stuff. But it'll yeah. build away on its own. You know. So yeah, very good. Yeah, and I think that can be quite a, an attractive feature for a lot of people as well, is to be able to have it work quite independently. Ah, yeah, and it has uh, oh, it has several other features, but uh, the other one is I like it for uh, NFC, the near field communication, uh, banking, or not banking, sorry, paying for stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. The shop or, or Tesco, you know, you're not, you're not fumbling for your phone. There's no one really looking at you. You just put it up, 
bang, there you go. Uh, is that the power. Apple Pay system, is it? Is that yes, the, the Apple Pay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. That'll, and that works. Yeah, you found it works well. With the Irish banks as well, yeah. Yeah, so I've yeah, mine yeah. set up with uh, Allied Irish Bank. God bless. Anyone who wants to be bills now, they can have them. But uh, it, <laughs> it works very well, very handy, does its job. And, you know, we've been blind as well. You don't have to carry excess money in your wallet. It's there. Yeah. You pay for it. You walk out. And you know you, you don't have cash on you. It's, ah, it's handy. It's, 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 yeah, it does yeah. its job. Excellent. Yeah, that's really good. And um, in terms of verifying a payment, how, do, how does that happen how does that work so the let's say you've got your watch with you but you don't have your card with you and you're thinking okay i'm gonna this is nice and yeah. simple i'm gonna pay for something with this yeah you, you can, there's two ways you can do it but it, it you, when you go through the app and you're setting it up through the app on your phone you can have a choice to type in a code and then uh the code that's with the phone or you can get the allied irish bank to send a code a six-digit code you the and they'll send you so one, two, three, four, five, six, and you can clarify your payment with that, or you can do the payment with the code that's on the, that's registered with your phone, and that's a four-digit code, a simple code. And then uh, you ask for them, and then when, you, when you've clarified that, you just double-click the crown, the little side of it, and you're you're paid for your your product. Brilliant. Paid for. Yeah, nice and simple, nice and straightforward. Oh, it's very, it's amazing, isn't it? Actually, what you can what you you can oh, do with these things. The generation yeah. of 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 tap tap or click click or whatever you want to call it and pay, I don't mm. know. I I I I think I'd rather hold real money, but you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, you, <laughs> you know, you can't get too carried away because there is a limit, like or yeah. fifty quid or yeah. whatever it is. So, yeah. but it's it's very handy. I I, I like it for uh, kind of security, not having wallet or cash on me. Yeah, I can go yeah. to the shop, you know. Yeah, I have a I have a watch on or whatever, but that's it. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's very handy. useful. Yeah, although I think if they are looking to to add new features to it, what what you said a minute ago would be a great one. If you could just, you know, deposit your bills to somebody else, just as your near bill <laughs> communication, you just deposit your bills elsewhere as you're walking along. Oh, yeah, Brilliant. It is. Yeah, that's lovely, that. Yeah. That's great. If anybody's <laughs> listening from Apple, that's what we want next. Yeah. Oh well, I tell you, Apple, I tell you, they give you plenty of bills. I don't know if they pay you for them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure you're happy. By the sounds of it, you're pretty happy to pay the bills for it. Now, by the sounds of it, you're. Uh, uh, no, I. I you're you, it was. Yeah. It was introduced to me at the start. Uh, yeah. Jude by, by uh, a woman that works with the guide dogs. I was, and uh, it was literally the first time I touched the phone, and like I had an alphanumeric keypad on a Nokia. And yeah. that was working, and I had talks. I had talks on that, and I was doing my best. But everybody was going touchscreen, and any kind of a phone you wanted, everything was touchscreen, touchscreen, touchscreen. I was like, I'm just going to have to make this jump. And yeah. uh, I remember touching the first iPhone I did touch, and it was just like touching a sheet of glass. And I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to take me long. But once I got to grips with it and started learning the basic gestures, and then it's one day after another, it's like anything, one step in front of the other. And then I got, I think after that, I got the first iPod I got. Yeah, because, oh, you helped me with that, sure, Jude, way back in the day. Yeah, that's I was right, yeah. over all my music and different things. Yeah. And then I was impressed, just the ease of use. And I, I know they are pricey, but I can't comment on Android or, or other uh, watches that, uh, that people can guess. But I just find the voiceover so easy. Yeah. It's, intu it's intuitive. And, you know, it does what it says in the tin, so... 
Yeah, yeah. And in, in fairness, I think a lot of people are, are quite happy with it as well. So it's uh, it's not just yourself saying that. Um, mm. you, you mentioned there a minute ago, just obviously the idea of when you when you had your first iPhone and trying to work through the gestures and, you know, pick it all up that way. But you, you also said that when you got the Apple Watch, that's kind of a lot of the gestures and things like that are pretty much exactly the same. Is Are we talking pretty much the same accessibility features on the Apple Watch as there are on the on the iPhone? There will be, yeah. It's very, very yeah. same. There's one or two, there's one or two uh, two-finger uh, double tap gestures that are a little different and then that's that's about it it's you have the the rotor is there you know your thumb and forefinger yeah. uh, for the rotor and you know, all your different settings volume words characters uh, and you can you can edit those as well it's it's very similar swipe left swipe right uh, single finger double tap you know it's very 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 similar very similar right. and you're you know you can reset the the watch. You can do, yeah, pretty much anything with the phone. You can do with the watch, and then like when you go into the Apple Watch app, which is on your phone, uh, that'd be like your that'd be like the motherboard, and then you know all your settings and stuff is there. And if you want to edit anything that's on the watch, you can do it through your phone app, and then it'll change on the watch. You know, so you can't, yeah, you can't, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be afraid of. You know, touching the watch or flicking around because you're not going to screw it up. Like it's it's the 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 phone is the main one that saves everything and the updates, etc., etc. Yes. You know, you can't you can't go back. Even today, I was just fooling with it and I changed the the setting of the watch from a grid to a list, and it, it, it's after alpha alphabetizing the whole watch. And I love it. I, that's a lot better because I was scrambling yeah, yeah. all over the place and up and down and left and right. So then I started feeling that, and I, and I was able to change it to list. So right, yeah, yeah, very good. Handy, you that, know, and then you can, yeah. you can edit it and take off apps, put on apps, you know. Yeah, that kind of ties in with what I was kind of thinking of as well. Just the the setup of of the Apple Watch is that fairly is it fairly straightforward to set up then? If you're mm. kind of thinking, oh, that, you know, yeah. I'm not big into all this sort so of stuff. If it's on, coming out of the big, box, not not big into tech or not. I found this, uh, yet again, this is not my Apple head on now, but I found it very yeah. easy. I literally, got, I, I got the four, uh, it was actually a, actually a Christmas present from a few people. They all clubbed together and got it for me. But, um, so I got it, put it on my wrist. Uh, I was conscious enough, brand new territory for me. And I knew that you you pressed the, the crown of the, the watch, the, like where you had the timer is. The timing thing. Yeah. So you press that three times, bang, 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 voiceover comes on. It'll find your phone and both of them will talk to you. It'll be like, you know, press this or next or whatever. And then the last, one of the last things you'll do is hold your phone in front of the watch on your wrist. It scans it or looks at it or whatever it does. And then it says, uh, your phone is now synchronizing with your watch. And it's the exact same as uh you know upgrading what you do when you're upgrading a phone they just talk yeah, to each yeah. other away you go you give it an hour or whatever length of time it takes and all your details from your your phone are gone to your watch now you might have to clarify a few passwords and etc etc like with with banks and other yeah. subscription services yeah, yeah. that you maybe not have 
And then you know it, it it has Bluetooth. You can you join your headphones. You know it's it's yeah, pretty yeah. handy. Very good. It does sound but fairly I straightforward. It, like, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to recommend it to anyone that has complete sight loss or low vision. And also, I have actually recommended it to other people that would be in the blind community. And because of strictly because of its of its health benefits. Yeah. With uh, the ECG, the heart rate, and the blood oxygen. Now, there is other, there's more like this, your activity app and, and exercises. But with the people have recommended it, uh, they're absolutely delighted. It's just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. access, and uh, it, it calms down your mind for once a better word. You know, you're not panicking, is me breathe, is me oxygen okay? You know, that's it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's yeah. your peace but, of mind. And I know it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a dear piece of changes. I think they're retailing about four hundred and fifty euro. Okay, it yeah, and, and where would people, you where would you get one from? Where would you? Yeah, I've bought. I'm the kind of I'm kind of old school that way, uh, Jude. I I went to Harvey Norman's and bought mine, oh, yeah. and because um, yeah, yeah. I like I like uh, the touch, the feel. Uh, I have bought stuff through Apple Store, but mainly that's uh, David Cable's uh, USB C, you know, Lightning, both things. Because I like what they do, and you but you can get cheaper cables, but I find yeah. that they could go on fire in a second. Like I, and you know, yeah, some yeah. some some charger. I had other stuff got, but that's diverting, diverting from the topic. But the the watch, the watch, the watch I got in Harry Norman's, and I bought yeah. all my I bought all my hardware, say, in Harry Norman's, and then if I was getting cables or plugs or whatever, I'd, I'd buy them through the Apple Store. All right. Yeah, very good. And you know the way, that, like with, with most of these things, you're going to get, um, you know, a list of specs and they'll be telling you things like how, how long the battery lasts. And you're, you're always a little bit kind of thinking, yeah, I wonder how long it lasts actually in, in real life conditions. How, how long does yeah. the battery tend to last for you? Uh, I'd say working and using it as normal, I'd say 40 hours, 40, 45 right. hours. From yeah, charge yeah. to charge, and that'd be keeping it on your wrist, um, taking phone calls, doing exercise, general use now. But if you're on it yeah. now and, and you know, playing books and all, it'll obviously cut it to nothing, you yes, know, and yeah, you're using yeah. your headphones. So I'd say maybe 24 hours if you're flat out, using it, going to work, and headphones in, and for an hour or two, that kind of, that yeah. kind of life. But I've never, I've never, uh, excuse me, I've never use this in in that high capacity yeah yeah but, uh, so probably not, like as a rough I thing you'd be talking like one day surgery and, and yeah. I, I didn't have the puck the charging puck with me and yeah, yeah. Uh, i got a good two days out before yeah. i even died like and i was using it normally yeah. so yeah and I was so i suppose kind of as a rough thing if you're going to use it really really intensely you'll get a day out of it if it's kind yeah. of fairly normal use you probably get two days out of it and if you're yeah. If you're using it pretty lightly, you'll get even longer. Yeah, that's the way yeah. I put it down. Yeah. Yeah. Very that's good. Right. That's what very I'm good. Well, yeah, it sounds like your your overall kind of uh, assessment of it, I guess, would be uh, definitely that it's a, a bit of a success. Do you know what? Hang on, hang on for a second with us, um, Joe. We oh, might yeah. bring in Sean and JP just for a moment. Um, do, do either of you use any um, kind of wearables? They're out there at the moment. Do you have an Apple Watch or do you have something different? Or I, I, I have um, a smart watch. It's called a Tech Watch Pro. So it's an Android watch. 
it have some similar features, but not probably not as many as the Apple Watch that uh, we're talking about here. Like I, I have heart rate monitors and there is talk back on it. Not all the apps work as well with TalkBack. I don't think they're as strict currently yeah. as Apple would be if, you know, if, if it's on it, it's accessible. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's quite useful and a lot of the information does get sent back to my phone on apps also. And I guess with, with some of the, the Android things, as, as usual with Android, there'll be some elements where you might not be paying for the app, Apple name either to yeah, some extent. Uh, so sometimes it can be like a you know, slightly cheaper, but like in yeah. terms of accessibility, like the it's called Wear OS is what their operating system is called. Yeah. Like that in itself would be fine. It's just if you download an app that's on Wear OS, it might not be as accessible as it would be on the phone because they haven't you know built in full. Yeah. It's not in every case, but it's worth noting that yeah. you know, they haven't got the, as broad a scope on the accessibility as the Apple Watch. Uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. All right, yeah. Very good, JP. Do you use much in the way of wearables? I, I use I use a Fitbit. Uh, Fitbit oh, smart yeah. wearables. So it's a Fitbit Versa. Mm -hmm. It's called. Uh, Fitbit have become very popular smart wearables in the last few years. I mean, the price is is a bit more. It's supposed to be more affordable than than most Apple watches. But now, yeah, bearing bearing in mind that the app, the accessibility features on, on those devices wouldn't be, well, there wouldn't be anything like what you have on the Apple Watch. It have become very popular, so it does tell you give you information like on, on like health stats, for example, like steps taken, heart rate sleep patterns it does give you blood, blood o2 levels as well actually as a recent update yeah uh, the watch itself has been around a fitbit fitbit watch has been around i think for five years since 2014 but the latest versions of the watch so you have the fitbit for example versa two and three and the fitbit sense that have been released in the last year um they, they actually have alexa and google assistant uh, built in so for example, yeah. my Fitbit Versa, I can long press as a side button on, mm. on the watch to activate Alexa. And when I do this, it gives me some suggestions and things I can say, like, you know, set a timer for 20 minutes or set my alarm for six, six o'clock tomorrow morning or add things to my shopping list. So I can use it then with my, my Amazon Echo Street quite well. Um, other features I kind of like is Fitbit Pay. So um, Joe mentioned Apple Pay a moment ago, it's Fitbit Pay, which is the equivalent on the Fitbit. So really handy, I find if I'm, if you're out and about, you don't have your wallet or your card, mm. which you just tap your mm. phone, uh, tap your watch yeah. rather instead of using a wallet, uh, your card or your um, uh, your phone. Um, and then there's also the option, for example, there's, there's apps that you can you can uh, download from the Fitbit app store, such as the Find My Phone app. So it'll actually play a sound on your on your phone to help locate it when it's lost. Uh, like Fitbit or it, it are big into like kind of health stats and so on. So they'll send you yeah. a weekly progress report, you know, steps taken, distance covered, floors walked, and that kind of thing. They even send you like yeah. badges. So for example, if you've walked the, the equivalent of the Nile or some kind of big uh, kind of like uh, landmark, it'll tell you mm. that every so often. Uh, but as I mentioned, no kind of no accessibility features that are built into the watch itself. It is possible to access the data though through a Fitbit smartphone app, which is available on iOS and Android and well, I have actually just checked it out with voiceover. It seems to be quite accessible. And there's also yeah. a Fitbit skill we're pointing out uh, for the Amazon Echo, which you can use to track your, your health stats, even you know, asking things like you know, asking Alexa, for example, like your, you know, your daily step count, how long you've slept, heart rate, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, another bit of information as well, and the Fitbit actually people might be interested to hear about, is that it's actually worth noting that Google actually bought Fitbit earlier this year, what if I think $2 billion. So, I think what will be interesting is to see, you know, is is this acquisition going to mean yeah. 
we'll have some accessibility features built in to Fitbit watches in the future, which would be great, you know, to have some talkback or some magnification features that would have on Android devices available on a Fitbit. I think it would certainly yeah. appeal to much more people. Um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one as well. Yeah, so there's definitely there's definitely options out there. I kind of get the impression, Joe, that uh, none of these are going to be changing your mind or turning your head away from Apple too much. All I can say is that they're both heathens. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Doesn't matter how good the, the so alternatives are. This is what you <laughs> going to the go back to the Apple Watch as well. Yeah, it has it has yeah, yeah. the Siri function as well. You just press the crown and you can ask it things and you the same yeah. as what JP was saying about steps, counters, what I've done, what I haven't done, have I moved enough today, what's my percentages for today, you know, mm. and you know, you can set it to it it'll even work now and it's a different branch again, but if you if if you're in a wheelchair or and you can set it that you're actually in a wheelchair and it can it'll rejig the the health and fitness things for your movement and levels and exercises yeah. and and Very there's a lot of kind of yeah. I like the way accessibility I wouldn't say is that uh, pardon the pun is at the core of the Apple Apple product, but uh, for ease of access. Did you work on that, Joe? Did you work on that pun beforehand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's at I the know. core of the, the app. Uh, well, you know, shoot me. Oh, now, I don't know. On, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I, I love the. I just yeah, it works and it does its job and. Like I, I, I never got around yeah. to using the Android or the Fitbit. Yeah, yeah. But a cousin of mine has, I think, yeah, oh, she, she has a Fitbit or someone has a Fitbit, and I had to play around with it. And this is before I bought the four, and uh, the app wasn't really working uh, succinctly, and I she was a bit clunky would be the word. Now that's, yeah. geez, that's five years ago. I'd say four, five years ago when the four came out. So that kind of made up my mind. Like I'm not Apple, Apple yeah, pure. Yeah. Like I will, yeah. I, I, I don't fire money out around the place. But for yeah, ease yeah. of connectivity and the way it just, I don't know, they just work together. And yeah. I, I know it's pricey, but uh, all the stuff that it works, and instead of buying things independently in bits and bobs, it's, it's kind of just all there. Yeah, so, and I suppose I suppose with these things, it's kind of just handy to know about the alternatives. There, there are some good exactly. alternatives, but it's what works for you as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and Joe, isn't it possible now, I believe, to unlock your iPhone using your Apple Watch? Oh, you can do that too, yeah. Update. Yeah, yeah, I can, oh, yeah, I'm going back to it as well. If, if I did, if I left down my phone and even my ear pods, but I knew where my watch was, I can ping, I can ping any of them as well, just to find them that they'll both set off uh, sound. And and kind of yeah. get you to the area where they are. Excellent. And all that Very good. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, it, it's a, a good kind of an overview of what the uh, what the Apple Watch can do, and also in in real life sort of settings. So we really appreciate you coming on the show today, Joe. That was a, a really good overview and very informative. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh yeah, just one other thing: the strap. Yeah. The strap itself is a silicone strap. And if you don't like the silicone, you can chop and change. The, the, the straps come in and out very easy to change. And you can buy them online. They're not the Apple ones, but I, I got a lovely leather strap. And, you know, it doesn't look like a, a health accessory then. It's more kind of smart casual. Yeah, and yeah. I believe it looks well as well. So, you know, there's plenty of options the, out there and whatever. For the fashion conscious. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, well, <laughs> if you could see me, you'd know I wasn't fashion conscious. <laughs>
<laughs> Joe, it's been a pleasure to talk to you as, as no always. Problem, no Thanks problem, for joining us again. Cheers. I'll, Very I'll good. Stay so, with you for the time being, innit? Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So that was Joe McPhillips, and uh, he's going to be listening in for the, for the rest of the show as well. But our thanks to Joe for joining us there and giving us that good overview of the Apple Watch. And as we heard, there's there's other options as well. So it's kind of always good to know what what options are out there. But uh, certainly, it's it's one that does its job very well. So we're going to move in uh, to the next part of our show now. And uh, as we said earlier, we haven't done one of our seeing it your way pieces for a little while. So. Uh, today, I caught up with Brendan Ward, and uh, you might recognise Brendan from one of our previous live events. He's been interviewed separately by NCBI as well, but this time we were talking uh, a little bit more about the kind of technology point of view. So we hope you enjoy this week's Seeing It Your Way with Brendan Ward. So we're delighted this week to have with us Brendan Ward for our Seeing It Your Way piece. You're very welcome to the show, Brendan. Hello, Jude. Lovely to join you. Great to have you with us. And I believe you've done a, a, a few different things with NCBI since the, the lockdown. You've you've uh, been involved in a, a few pieces for our shows. Yes, and we've been lucky, I suppose, with all the challenges of lockdown, there has been some benefits. And one of them is for all of us service users of NCBI having access to the new technology clubs that happen regularly on Microsoft Teams and generally being able to connect together online. And that's been a great way to share our individual journeys and, and stories and advice for each other. So I've done a few interviews with June and with JP more recently on Revolut, we were talking in the in the live event a few weeks ago about yeah. how accessible Revolut is. And I suppose uh, it's given us the opportunity to slow down our busy lives and uh, take stock of what we've got from a technology standpoint in terms of support and the fact that there's been huge uh, change and improvement in terms of accessibility across the board. It doesn't yeah. mean everything's perfect, but I suppose it's been a real boon for us in the last year or so having the chance on these platforms to uh, discuss with each other what's the latest and yeah. greatest technology and how we're actually using it because I suppose there's a huge difference between seeing something in, on an ad or someone telling us about it and then actually getting into the trenches as someone with an experience of sight loss or vision impairment. Absolutely, actually yeah. Using these tools and seeing do they work and going through yeah. often messy process of yeah, yeah. trial and error and then discovering that many of them are working really well. Yeah, in some ways, I suppose the last the last year, eighteen months, is almost like a bit of a stress test for some of these uh, <laughs> the accessibility of some technology, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, it is. It yeah. is, and you know, there's nothing uh, nothing can beat the user experience, and I suppose this is what many companies struggle with. You know, there's a design team sitting somewhere in the in the guts of a company, and they're busy coming up with all these flashy new apps or flashy yeah. new websites or whatever it might be, flashy new products. And sadly, all too often they're not inclusive, so they forget about the needs of people with visual impairment, or they forget about people with mobility issues or um, hearing impairments and the like. You know, so yeah. it's really down to us to go out there 
as I suppose crusaders and try these products mm -hmm. and use them and then share the stories and what's lovely about uh, in particular about the tech club that uh, they've been popping up all around the country through the NCBI that's actually a great place for us to come back and report on how we're getting on as service users with technology and then the uh, the NCBI labs team helps us you know, make sense of our experience and join the dots, if you like, and also bring us yeah. up to date on new developments as, as they emerge. It's great, actually, just to have that line of communication as well, because it's uh, it does, as you say, it allows people to kind of have their voice heard mm -hmm. as well in terms of feeding back to NCBI, but also having that kind of the local tech clubs are, are a great way to keep up to date with things. I think mm -hmm. people probably might at this point, as you say, you've been on a couple of events, they might recognise your voice even, but for, for anybody who doesn't know too much about you, Brendan, can you tell us just a, maybe a bit about your background? Sure. I was brought up on a dairy farm in County Monaghan. And of course, Monaghan has many things going for it, including a, an excellent football team. So watch out Dublin uh, or, or watch out <laughs> all the teams in between uh, now and the final. So um, you heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> needless to say, I know very little about football, so I'm, <laughs> say I'm not a credible source of information. Um, but I can talk to you about music and other things. So. Um, I went to UCD and studied commerce in French and went to London for the summer. And that summer, I guess, it turned into 20 years. So I started out uh, with a summer internship at a bank in London and that became permanent. And I ended up working in London for 10 more years. And it was during that time that I started to have problems with my eyesight. And I suppose that's where technology comes in in a big way, because I went from loving technology and always being curious about the latest, um, you know, the new, latest upgrades of Windows and, and the like. I loved all that stuff and was interested. Yeah. And then it <laughs> went from being a love, a love to a hate relationship. I hated technology really, because really. it was one of the first confrontations I had with struggle. Yeah. You know, something that I really loved and enjoyed became a real hassle and starting to have difficulty seeing the computer at work. And of course, like many of our jobs these days, you have to be able to use a computer. And if you start to struggle in that you can't really see your emails as well as you could and you're pulling yeah. the screen closer to you and all this carry on, you start to hate the thing uh, that you once upon a time really loved. Yeah, yeah. So it was during that uh, I suppose uh, confrontation is the best word, that displacement, that uh, stumbling stone that I tripped over, that, you know, I started to need help uh, from, a, from a practical standpoint. I mean, I needed to figure out what this was and how to come to terms with it, which was a genetic uh, condition degenerative yeah. eye condition that we have. Uh, my brother and I both have the same condition and luckily the other three siblings got off scot-free. Uh, so the least they can do is, you know, do everything we ask them to. <laughs> That's the punishment they get. At least, at least you're not taking that too far. I mean, you're only asking them to do everything you're asking them for. More or less everything, you know. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. we can come back to the technology and the work side of things, but you know, for now, I'll say that I took some time out, took a leave of absence. I was in London, yeah. so I went to the RNIB who were helping me 
in a similar way to the NCBI would around technology support and yes. got accommodations in the office. And once I was able to say to myself, look, you're losing your sight, that's reality, you know, and kind of start that very slow journey of uh, moving from denial and bargaining into acceptance, you know, the classic kind yeah, of grief yeah. cycle. I was able to, I kind of got over that hump quickly enough and realized all I need is Zoom text, all I need is a CCTV. And once I get those two things, I can get back in the saddle. And I pretty much got back to work, picked up where I left off and eventually then moved to the US. So I got a transfer with wow. uh, my employer across to the US. And I quite liked the challenge of it, you know, like my side yeah, yeah. continuing to slowly deteriorate. But I thought to myself, part, I suppose part of this journey of disability is that you mightn't try these things if you could see perfectly. And then when the game of cards you're playing changes and you get dealt some dodgy cards, uh, you start to say to yourself, well, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose disability gives you that. Some ways, freedom, eventually, is freedom to say, well, why not? Because mm. you kind of get through this life-changing experience, and then you realise, well, hang on, maybe there's an invitation here to try things that I otherwise mightn't try. It's an interesting perspective, yeah, just to, to kind of really take it on there. I suppose if you're if you're kind of having to overcome some barriers and it's it's kind of nearly obligatory in some ways, <laughs> it, does it feel almost like it, it's like getting a taste for overcoming barriers in a way? Yeah, I think you're right, dude. I think you're right because you feel like many of the folks, like my my blind and visually impaired colleagues, for example. So I joined the Dublin Tech Hub, even though I'm kind of one foot in Ireland, one foot in London still, so I'm over and back. Yeah. But, you know, I joined the Tech Club in Dublin, and, you know, in that call, I've met loads of people who are very similar in that we have a gentleman who, at the age of 87, is now producing his own podcasts and yeah. has made a real big splash um, in the media and is doing great work there. And he's just one, Brian, uh, he's just one example of a whole slew of people that are, there's Martin who's involved in the sightless cinema. Um, you know, just two examples, there's Laura who's doing recording of her own music and writing a book, you know, so there's, there's yeah, so many yeah. people that are, we're almost, you know, sort of inspiring each other, egging each other on and, um, I suppose when I was back a few years ago deciding about the US, I decided to go for it. And it also gave me experience of that culture and how disability is viewed. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, it, it kind of nudged me on to the next part of my work, which is to leave banking altogether and focus my effort on disability as a topic, you know, because before it was kind of incidental. I was somewhat the poster boy for diversity because there's a blind guy in senior management. So that means right, he, yeah. he ticked the box and I didn't like it because I thought, no, 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 I'm not going to be that poster boy. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. There's a lot more to inclusion than just having one blind guy in in position. So I, I left that and went back to school and that was another, I suppose, uh, confrontation because I was afraid of that. Uh, how do you sit in lectures and how do you do uh, exams and papers and all this? And 
I learned a lot in that. I went to a master's in New York University, and then it led to uh, developing a course on disability and teaching it at the same university, which I've been doing part time and then Very getting good. involved in academia and I yeah. suppose other things around disability advocacy and advisory work with some organisations and trying to bridge the gap from talk is cheap to how do we actually do things. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I'm focusing a lot of my time now in education and in employment. Um, we've actually set up in the last six months something here in Ireland, the Working Age Forum, and we have our meeting coming up, our third meeting tonight, uh, Tuesday the 27th. And we've had a great uptake of that where people are coming from around the country on Zoom. So again, something that's possible to do thanks to the virtual environment. And we're sharing yeah. stories of employment and funnily enough, technology comes up all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the key enablers or disablers, depending what way uh, we approach it and our employers approach it. So um, yeah. I would say in, in that, that uh, short story of me, I think technology has been one of the big levers that have helped me to get from those days of struggle. And I suppose we all have days of struggle, so it never goes away, but it's helped yeah. me go from this sort of dead end feeling to one where I feel not only is the technology that can help us get back on our feet, but actually we can we can help the mainstream society to get more inclusive because, you know, Rebel is a good example of that recently where I was able to show my friends an app that they'd never heard of, but yeah. I only knew it because it was so well designed for the blind, you know? <laughs> so Google and Alexa are other two examples where yeah, yeah. they're hugely helpful for people who are blind and they're like a godsend for me and, and people in tech club swear by them. And lo and behold, yeah. spreading like wildfire around our family, you know, so it's it's actually turning the tables. You know, technology is actually something that we can be advocates for. Yeah. And it's brilliant when when there are some of these kind of mainstream things that it's kind of, that it's built in right from the start. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be some add on. It's actually something where you've got full functionality straight away um, in terms of how accessible it is. Right, right. And it makes business sense because the value of the global market or what let's call it the, the purple euro, you could call it the purple pound or the purple dollar, which is the the size of the market globally of people who either have a disability themselves or their family and friends who support them. That market is worth eight trillion dollars. That's so incredible, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah, so companies absolutely. rather, as you say, uh, add-on uh, isn't isn't the way forward. It actually doesn't make commercial sense because you're missing a huge market. Because frankly, if I download an app, so I downloaded an app recently for this convenience shopping service in London, and I was just curious to see if it was accessible. I, I wasn't really inclined to use it because I have my own setup for groceries and that, but I was curious to see. Sure enough, big brand new app. It's it's plastered all over the London buses, plastered all over everywhere. Guess what? 
it's not accessible to voiceover on the iPhone. Oh, <laughs> so there is no, I can guarantee you, yeah. no blind or vision impaired person in, in the Greater London area using this yeah. app because uh, the, the company in question kind of forgot. Yeah. So you know, yeah. they're missing that share of the market. Absolutely. I get the sense a little bit just chatting to you, Brendan, that your your kind of relationship with technology has has um, has changed over the years. But where you've ended up is sort of similar to where you started out in that. I think you were saying you you loved technology, then you hated technology because it was maybe the first confrontation. It sounds like instead of necessarily loving it as a as a thing that's, you know, a pastime or something that's just intriguing, you, you've got a bit of passion for it at this stage in terms of you're kind of passionate about its use for accessibility. Yeah, it sounds like a classic family Christmas, you know, you go into it with, with lots of feelings of love and excitement. But the time you're, the time you're halfway through it, you're hating. <laughs> uh, and then after it's over, you think, oh, well, I just couldn't do without it. So um, that's what I hear, of course. It's not my experience at all. Um, yeah, oh, of true. course. Yeah, it yeah, is true. I would say for all of us, participating in the event and listening in today, you know, there's no doubt that sight loss, whether you're blind from birth or you're visually impaired from birth, or you have, like in my case, some degenerative eye conditions, so sight loss that comes later in life, or you might be older, you might have cataracts, glaucoma, whatever, in later life. Um, you know, I, I think there's definitely a hill we need to climb, but there's no for me, there's no way to say that, oh, you'll be grand, uh, yeah. you'll figure it out. It's definitely a hill that has to be climbed and it is a struggle. And I think if there was one, uh, one sort of, one thing I would bring on board to help get up that hill with less struggle rather than more, the thing I would recommend is technology because it, it it's not easy peasy. It does take some effort, like anything that you're trying to get practiced at. It does take some effort, but the benefits in terms of connecting you to other people, connecting you to independence, uh, you know, improving your sense of self, and, yeah. and sort of getting up that hill um, with less rather than more struggle. I'd say technology is definitely something to yeah to yeah. bring in and absolutely you know, yeah i would specific two things i was thinking about this earlier just in preparation were two things from my perspective i would recommend without any question well that's regardless yeah. of what age you are what circumstances you're in one of them is get a smart speaker because it can be intimidating to sit down at a computer and you mightn't be ready for the adaptive technology or JAWS or Syntex or what have you. That, that, that can be hard, but what's easy to get started with is a smart speaker because you don't need to look at anything. You just need to talk. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, for so many people that is accessible and that is doable. And whether it's the Alexa from Amazon or Google or the Apple version of these smart speakers. Um, just go and get one. And if you have a birthday coming up or Christmas and people are asking you what would you like, just get them to get you one of these because you can get help to get it set up pretty quickly. And all of a sudden you're reconnected with the internet 
and you don't need a computer screen. So I would say get a smart speaker because I just don't know myself since I got one of these. It just connects you with the yeah. weather, the the football results. If you're following the football, it connects you with Wikipedia. You can ask it any question about history or if you're doing yeah. uh, crosswords with the family. You can ask Google and it'll tell you some answers, even if you can't fill yeah. in the crossword. Um, <laughs> you can participate, you know. You can yeah, yeah, you can be involved. Life. Yeah, so much more. That's one I would say. Get a smart speaker. I'd, I'd say, yeah, and the smart speaker, one of the great things with it as well, for people who are worried about technology that, you know, on a computer, I might press something that'll damage yeah. it or I might do something that'll mess it all up. If if the smart speaker can't do what you're asking it to do, it'll just tell you and then just ask it something else and right. or ask, you know, ask what you can do on it. It's, a, it's very simple, isn't it? Very straightforward. Well, I've been asking this, we've all been asking here, can Will Monaghan win the All-Ireland Final? So Google... And what does the smart speaker say about that? Well, for some reason, Google can't quite figure that one out. <laughs> I don't know why. I think someone in Dublin has it programmed that way, too. I'm not... I'm not it must be a conspiracy. But, um, <laughs> I suppose the other thing I would recommend, and this is plugging the NCBI uh, tech club, so they're all around the country. So I... I I'm lucky to join the Dublin one. They're all around the country, and that's the place where you get to meet people just like yourself. Some of them are slightly ahead on the journey. Some of them are slightly behind. And what's great about it is you learn a lot from each other, and you learn a lot from the NCBI labs so folks. So in Dublin, we have Joe Lonergan and JP Corcoran, and we learn so much from them and the two guys are not sitting in an ivory tower preaching to us, uh, mm. having read a book about blindness. They know the story. They use these apps. They have, they're on the same path as we are. Yeah. So they know what they're talking about. And uh, the sense of camaraderie and um, sharing of knowledge and support is, you know, that's such a valuable resource for people. So. Even if you want to join it and just listen in and you have nothing really to say yet about technology, I would yeah. recommend reaching out to your community resource worker. Find where your nearest tech club is and join it. And they're running often once a week. And it's a great, really, it's a great uh, resource to have because, you know, in the end, that's going to be the key to finding out other technologies that work for you and discuss it with other people, you know, because I, I have stuff that I use that works for me, and uh, a lot of that's informed by discussions in these groups. So I think that's a great gateway into regular contact on the topic of technology and regular advice and regular support. Yeah, very good. And tell tell us just what does the the future hold for you? Because I know that you've got uh, you've got quite a bit going on in terms of um, sort of the, the projects that you mentioned mm -hmm. there earlier. Um, so so what's What's kind of involved for you at the moment? You're in Ireland at the moment. You're heading back to London in a few weeks. Is that it? That's it. So uh, Corona permitting, I've been over and back. Um, so I'm, I'm working on whether it's there's some uh, new courses coming up at Imperial College in London that I've been helping out with. So that's around that same topic of how do we get disability from the sideshow? You know, how do we get it from yeah. the sideline into the centre? 
of the arena. And and my argument in this, and it's the same with companies, so we've got a few events coming up where I'm doing keynote speaker events and panel events and stuff, workshops. It, it's You have to be very careful how you say this, you know, because you don't want to go in with your white cane and sort of batter it around and create thoughts that make everyone nervous, you know. Yeah, yeah. People seem in, in organisations quite unsure of how to talk about disability and how to cover it uh, under this inclusion and diversity lens that we have now in many, many of our companies. And there are a lot of places are afraid about using the wrong language, how to talk about it, etc. And what I'm delicately trying to convey in these in these projects, this work I'm doing is Folks, if you think disability is something that only us blind people have to worry about, forget it. Because if you think about disability as, as the loss of function, then guess what? We are all going to be disabled one day, and some of it meant much of it not by choice. So, you know, I think there's some degree of denial in that. Th I think there's a reason why disability is hard to talk about in companies and organizations, because if we don't talk about it, maybe it doesn't exist and maybe yeah. we can get away with ever having to confront this reality. So I think actually as people with disabilities, it's it's actually our job to educate our able-bodied compatriots yeah. <laughs> and colleagues, not in a condescending way, but to say, hey guys, we're actually not different at all. It's just there happens to be a medical term for what I've got. But yeah. Guess what? Uh, we're all going to get something, and actually, that's 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 a design feature of light. It's not a flaw. It's a feature of you know the light. Yeah, yeah. And so, I suppose as well, kind of tying in with just what you were saying there, like obviously, it's it's great when people have enough of a sort of empathetic element where they're trying to understand it or maybe they've been educated to understand some of those things but being able to actually share real experience of what's happened is always going to be more enlightening isn't it yeah no absolutely and personally i am really keen to get disability into the curriculum particularly in higher education so i really believe that disability should be covered as a matter of course in in a lot more degrees and a lot more universities because really when you think about what education is all about isn't it preparing us for the real world so yeah. you know whether it's in companies where we're going to be salespeople or accountants or people in marketing or technology, whatever our calling might be, whether we're a carpenter or a farmer or a teacher or in religious life or whatever, it, the real world has disability in it. So therefore, why isn't it on the curriculum? So that's kind of one of the upstream places where I'm, I'm doing some projects and working with universities to get it into the curriculum, even in a small way, just get it onto the curriculum and let's start talking about it and let's start figuring out what are the practical skills we need so that when we do arrive into our careers, that we do know what to say when a member of staff has some issue, whether it's a health condition, um, could be temporary, could be permanent, or some disability situation. And that's kind yeah. of one of the big themes of my work. And then yeah. I suppose flowing on down from that is figuring out when you are in the companies and you're dealing with what you have today, good, bad, or indifferent, like how can we start to 
build disability into the into the mindset. Yes. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's been great talking to you. It's been fascinating just hearing some of your experience and what you're involved in at the moment. We really appreciate you coming on to the show today. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us, Brendan. We'll maybe uh, talk to you again sometime. Lovely. Thanks very much, Jude. So that was Brendan Ward and that was uh, really enjoyable, actually, that that interview. Really good to, to talk to Brendan. Interesting to hear what's happening with him. But now just to uh, finish us out this week, we've got uh, our tech help section and Sean is going to be helping us with our tech help section. What, what can you tell us about the reader mode on Chrome, Sean? Hi, Jude. Uh, so yeah, much like um, the Edge browsers and Firefox, which has an inbuilt reader, um, Chrome are going to be adding one also. So it's, it's in uh, like a, a development stage where Chrome has a development stage like it's called Flags and you can go into there and turn on and off special features that aren't fully tested, aren't fully implemented yet. I don't always yeah. recommend that you do that, but that's like it's, you can access it through Chrome Flags and that's where they hide all like dark mode was in there about eight months before dark mode was released officially. There's always, that's what that's their testing ground and you can be tested early too. Uh, but what Reader does is, uh, you know, it can strip down a web page, make it cleaner, remove like adverts, and you're more or less just left with text, and you know, yeah. it, can, it can read it more easily. Um, mm. So, someone with low vision, that's very, very useful for. And someone who uses a screen reader, it might not be useful because, in theory, it sounds like that would make it all oh, screens only going to get text, uh, but it could end up removing some heading structures or some accessibility because it's really stripping back the web page. Now, as these things go on, if, if maybe if people recommended uh, to developers like reading mode's a great idea, but you know you should also guarantee that all accessibility is also added to it, so it's not just a visual um, cleanup. But yes, uh, currently, yeah, yeah. currently that might not be the case. So while someone with low vision or maybe dyslexia or you know, there's, there's multiple reasons why people would have uh, some people with cognitive issues, uh, there's multiple reasons why we'd have a reader on a web page. Like I said, a screen reader is normally not going to read the page anyway, so it's not always relevant. But if it, if it did tidy up the page, it made it even easier for a screen reader to read. Brilliant, yeah. but it's just not at that stage yet. Yeah, perfect. So it's kind of it's good for us to 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 know that as well and to be aware of that pitfalls yeah, because if you're going to use an accessibility feature, the last thing you want is to make it less less accessible in certain circumstances. Yeah, so definitely, in terms of like some some with low vision or you know. Be struggling, struggling to see things clearly. Uh, it, it's it's ideal for them. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks for helping us with that uh, this week. So that's reader mode on Chrome, and uh, appreciate that, Sean. No worries. Very good. So hopefully you've enjoyed today's show. Uh, just a reminder again, of course, that if you need technology assistance, you can get support from the labs team from nine to five, Monday to Friday on 1850 92 30 60, or you can email labs at ncbi.ie. Or if you want to avail of wider NCBI services, you can call 1850 33 43 53, or email info at, at uh, ncbi.ie. Of course, we always uh, appreciate your support of NCBI and if you'd like to make a donation to help support our services you can do that through donate.ncbi.ie and a reminder as well about our Smart Hub project which we had a an update of on our last live event that's progressing well but if you want to help out with the uh, testing 
And again, we mentioned in there our previous live event, that's not anything you need any big kind of professional qualifications to be able to help with the testing, just everyday uh, testing. If you'd like to help out, please do let us know by emailing smarthub at ncbi.ie. Just before we go, just a reminder of what will be taking uh, part uh, or what will be taking place in our, our future live events. We actually will be talking to our colleagues in, N in RNIB about technology in one of our future live events. We'll also be revisiting Site Tech Global, which we were hoping to have on today, but uh, we just had a delay with that. So we'll be revisiting that subject in one of our future live events. But also a, a reminder, as we mentioned earlier, that we're going to have a special live event next week. It's going to be a, a release in Ireland of a piece of software, a, a, an app that we uh, spoke about a, a number of months ago on our live events, one that we've been quite excited about as well. Microsoft have announced the release of Soundscape in Ireland to be uh, launched next Tuesday. So that will be uh, great to, to talk about that, to spend a little bit of extra time on our live event next week to talk about uh, Microsoft Soundscape. So that's uh, next Tuesday and uh, at the usual time of 2.30. If you want to stay up to date with what's happening on our live events as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to do that as well. So all that's left for me to do today is to thank our guests, Joe McPhillips and Brendan Ward. And of course, thanks to everyone listening in as well. And from Sean, JP and myself, goodbye for now. And we look forward to having you all back with us soon for another NCBI Labs live event.